Amen. Time to preach. We are embarking on the 10th sermon dealing with kingdom core, well, the 11th, dealing with kingdom core values. Healing probably going to be one of the most difficult ones that I'm going to be working on. And, and I, I really intended on, on going a little bit farther than I am going to go. But the Lord seemed, especially this morning, said, hold it. Take your time. Break it down. He impressed on me that this is too essential and important for anybody to miss this. Hallelujah. We're coming out of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 61. This is the scripture that Jesus turned to in Luke 4, 18. I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. Isaiah, I'm reading it from the Amplified Classic. So it may read a little bit different than what you have on the screen, but you should be able to follow. Amen. Amen. And it reads as such in our. Turn it off. I'm going to keep my, pot, my hand out my pocket. <laughs> it's not you, it's me, okay? Okay, here we go. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed and qualified me to preach the gospel of good tidings to the meek, the poor, and the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up and heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the physical and spiritual captives and the opening of the prison and the eyes of those that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the, of the Lord, a year of his favor, favor in the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion and to give an ornament, a garland, a diadem of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning. The garment, the express of praise instead of heavy burden and falling spirit. That they may be called the oaks or oak trees of righteousness, lofty, strong, magnificent, distinguished, and upright justice and right standing with God. You are the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified and that they shall rebuild the ancient ruins. They shall rise up the former desolation and renew the ruined cities, the devastation of many generations. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The, the subject matter is the healing of our soul. Father, even now, Lord, take me where I don't want to go. Allow us to receive what we don't want to receive. Father, speak. Lord, increase the anointing. Increase the empowerment. Increase your presence in this room. Lord, increase, increase, increase. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You know, even in our songs, we, be, we have to be careful because some of our songs is filled with bad doctrine. We have been Christians for a very long time, and, and many of us, the, the very, how can I say, the very essence of what Christ came to do, we still have some misconception. We, we carry over into our salvation what we've been taught in the world. I even hear in preaching many times that, 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 that we got carried over that is not true. It, it, it gives the wrong perspective because, because, because when we approach the Bible, when we read it, we have to empty ourselves of our former thinking and read it anew. That's very hard to do because many times we read it and we are interpreting it with our own ideology instead of reading it for what it says. Okay? Come with me, come with me, come with me, come on, ride with me, come on, ride with me. Well, said, see, see, many of us in our, in our thinking, born again doesn't translate. Because many of us still think we're saved by being good. But if, if, if me being good, you being good will bring about salvation, why did you need to be born again? Many of us even believe, and I even hear it in doctrine, whole denominations that teach that, that, that you, when you do something wrong, you must repent even though you're saved because if you're wrong and you die, then you're going to hell. But wait a minute, I thought I was born again. If I'm born again, then I can't be unborn. So my salvation is not based on now, after I'm born again, what I do, right or wrong, is based on the fact I have relationship with God because I'm born again. Y'all want to keep on walking with me? Keep on walking with me. Part of the problem is, is that we have not understood that we are a spiritual being that has a soul that is in a body. So what we do is we just things that happens in our soul. 
That's scary because you can be a, a person that's not born again, but you have high moral standards and you think you're saved because compared to other people, you're good. And I want you to take your moral self going to hell. Because you're not born again. What our salvation takes a miracle. It, it was such a miracle. God sent his only begotten son to die to take our place and take the judgment that should have been ours. Which means then that, that this salvation doesn't need our help. It's not based on us. It's a gift given by God, and it happened in your spirit. Uh, let me, let me, can, can, can I go there? You either saved or you're not saved. You either born again or you're not born again. You either in Jesus or out of Jesus. There is no in between. And watch this. And your salvation is not based on how good you are. It's based on that you have accepted a free gift because Jesus paid it all. You ought to shout me down on that. You ought to say, thank you, Jesus, because none of us is good enough. All of a sudden, that means then I can't look my nose down on nobody because I didn't do this. <laughs> that means that means that means that, that if you have reached some 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 level of sanctification in your soul, it's only and even sanctification is a work of God. So why you got a big head? <laughs> Let me can can I dive into this? Because God said, hold on, hold on, go back. I said, I said, Salvation begins in your spirit. If your spirit is not saved again, you have no part of salvation. Now what God is trying to do is, it's the saving of your soul. That's the healing of your soul. Because though your spirit was saved, your soul still got a hole in it. First Peter chapter 1, verse 23 says this, that, that you've been born again of an incorruptible seed. That seed is your spirit, which is born of the Holy Spirit, which means that the Holy Spirit takes its residence in your spirit. Look, incorruptible means that no matter what you do, you can't touch that. What that means is that, 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 that everything you do is on the outside of that and it don't get in that. One of the things that happens, that should happen if you save, is that you should get convicted whenever you think something, say something, do something that you shouldn't. And that is your born-again spirit saying you shouldn't have done that. Now, hold on. If there's anybody in here 
that got church membership and you can do anything, say anything, act any way, and don't feel bad about it, you best check your salvation. Because you can't tell me that the Holy Spirit is in you and, and, and you can do, say, act any old way. And the Holy Spirit doesn't, 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 doesn't tell you that you know you was wrong. There should be a battle on the inside when you're not acting right. And that is the soul versus the spirit because the spirit is, is listen, he said, you've been born again. Listen, not of a corruptible seed. Your spirit does not sin if you're born again. Let me speak to those that's not born again. Your spirit is dead. It can't produce spiritual things. Dead things don't grow. Dead things don't eat. Dead things don't do anything. It's dead. He says that you are born of an incorruptible seed through the word, by the word of God. Listen. Which lives, what's this? And your spirit abides forever. The battle in, in our living. Let me say this again. The battle in our living as Christians is not so much between God and the devil. It is indirectly, but it's between your spirit and your soul. God deals with your spirit. Satan deals with your soul, which is your thinking, which is your emotions, which is your human reasoning. God deals with the word of God and the spirit of truth, your relationship with Christ in your spirit. Y'all get me? So watch this. So, so, so we have decisions to make, and, and depending on which one is strongest, depending on what we've been feeding, Depending on what we've been listening to, depending on what our mind's been on, is who we're going to choose to obey. Let me, let me go. Can, 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 can I step into this? All of us got holes in our souls. When Adam and Eve disobeyed, their spirit died, and it created a God-shaped Whole in their souls. The problem is, is that we try to fill that God-shaped hole with things on the outside, and nothing on the outside can fill that hole. It's a black hole. Last week I told you that, that the Spirit of God will become a, a, a fountain, a river that dwells up on the inside to satisfy you from inside out, not outside in. Justin, I handed you a poem today. And the poem is written by, you did the research, who Abdullah Shorty, that's who wrote this poem. Okay, we were discussing it in the classroom today in my office, and we, I said this, 
He wrote this out of his own experience. You don't write something this deep and this relevant without experiencing it. Watch this. Top down is Satan who came to steal, kill, and destroy. Molestation, everything that happened in our childhood, everything that happened to us growing up, the hurts that people did to us, the, the, the offenses that was, 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 you was targeted. Let me say that again. This is one of the most liberating things that, that I came across in my life is this, that Satan knew what God was going to call me to do. So before my birth, he started a plan to destroy my image of me. So everything that happened to us was that Satan was afraid for you to come into what God has called you to be. Oh, y'all need to hear this. Y'all need to hear. So watch this. Watch this. So, so, so even though you're saved, if you bog down in your emotions and your thinking, you can never walk in what God has called you to be. If, if reading this down reflects how you see yourself, Satan did it. Go ahead and read it down. I am very ugly. So don't try to convince me that I am a very beautiful person because at the end of the day, I hate myself in every single way. And I'm not going to lie to myself by saying there is beauty inside of me that matters. So rest assured, I will remind myself that I am a worthless, terrible person. And nothing you say will make me believe I still deserve love. Because no matter what, I am not good enough to be loved. And I am in no position to believe that beauty does exist within me. Because whenever I look in the mirror, I always think, am I as ugly as people say? Notice what he said. Some, something happened that either triggered or made him feel like he was this. Ugly, not worth, not of value, of no account. Something, what, what happened to you? We all, we all have something that somebody said, somebody done, something happened that triggered in us the wrong mirror in us. And, 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 if, and, if, and if, listen, you can be saved and still look at the wrong mirror. You can be saved and still you're projecting what God, with, not what God is saying, but what Satan is saying. Notice that, that, that doubt is everything from outside that affects the inside. Satan can only affect the outside. Let me show you. Job, Satan could only deal with the outside. But, but then God said, don't touch his spirit. And Satan couldn't touch his spirit. Listen, what voice are you listening to? Are you listening to the voices coming from outside in? Or are you allowing God to speak from inside out? It's a battle of kingdoms. 
And Satan is afraid of you, and he's afraid of you becoming what God has called you to be. He will use mama, daddy, whoever to mess you up. Listen, just because you came from dysfunction don't mean you got to stay in dysfunction. You got to get to the place you don't need nobody else to affirm who you are. If God says you're this, you're all that and don't have to care what nobody else says. One of the most loneliest places is when you begin to walk in who God says you are. Friends start falling away. Family start acting funny. Just because you are walking what God says you are. Don't make sense. But watch this. Favor will get you in trouble. <laughs> Cain got a problem with Abel because Abel was obedient and walked in who God said he was and Cain got mad at his twin brother. Joseph had favor and his brothers couldn't stand him and sold him in slavery because he had favor. Moses' brother's sister started saying, well, aren't we prophets too? Because God's hands was on him and they got an attitude because he's walking in favor. Jesus' brothers and sister and even his mama came to get him, talk about he's crazy because he's healing and preaching the gospel. And, and, and you better be careful who you listen to. Don't tell me that folks can't convince you wrong is right. Oh, yes, they will. Because even Mary is there, and they're going to take him by force. And Jesus said, I ain't going after those crazy folks. Those who listen to my word is my mother, my father, my sister, my brother. Listen. Spiritual connectiveness is stronger than blood. You need to find somebody who's walking on the same spiritual level you're walking in. Because other folks will judge you from the outside. But someone spiritual will judge you in your spirit. Hallelujah. Listen, let me, can, can I go deeper? Can I go deeper? I'll go a little bit deeper. I, 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 I know I don't got much time. I'll go a little bit deeper. But watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. The word of God is spirit. It speaks to your spirit. God is trying to stop us from listening to the other voice. And listen to his voice. You know, you got to get to the place that... Stuff is like water on a duck's back. <laughs> Just real, I mean, it, it, you know, some things don't require a response. When you know who you are, it's like, psh. You know, when you know who you are, you laugh at folks talking smack. Because I said, I don't got time to stop and deal with foolishness. I'm on my journey. I'm on my path. I'm on my calling. Y'all can't stop. 
I can't, I can't come off the wall and talk because I'm doing the work of God. Stay on the wall. Turn to your neighbor and say, stay on the wall. Keep doing your work. Keep doing your work. Keep doing your work. Listen, don't let fo- folks want to get in your way. Folks that's not doing nothing don't want you doing nothing. Jesus in his in the scriptures when he talked about Isaiah each one of them is is describing our ailments but then he turns around and says but he's the prescription Listen, 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 listen. Lord, give me the right words. Listen, you you can't do a drive-by with Jesus and think you're going to get blessed. We wave as we drive them by. Hey, Jesus. Okay, give me the... Now watch this. This is, notice that it's top up, which means it's tapping into the well, into the fount of Jesus who comes up through that hole and speaks to you who you are from your spirit. Hold on. Now remind me to come back to it. I got you. We even got to be careful. Remember the song they used to say... uh, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Don't say that no more. Because if you're saved by grace, you're not a sinner anymore. You're a saint. The core of who you are have been changed. You used to be a sinner. But now that grace has saved you, you are safe that your soul may sin sometimes. Because at the core of who you are is in your spirit, and in your spirit you are a saint. Quit lying on God. God didn't save you and keep you a sinner. you a sinner, you're going to hell. But since grace saved you, you're a saint. And you're going to heaven. And the blood covers what your soul does. Because in your spirit, you're perfect. Your soul acts up sometimes. But God's not looking at your soul. He's looking at your spirit. So I'm a saint saved by grace. Used to be a sinner before grace caught me. Mercy kept me while I was a sinner. But grace caught me. Now I'm a saint. We got to get our theology right. 
Because if we get our theology right, our thinking will get right. And all of a sudden, you can begin to talk about not who you used to be, but who I am. I am who he says I am, because I am. Oh, y'all, 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 y'all. what you say I am. It matters what he says I am. And I agree with what he says I am. So I am. Since I am, I agree with this poem. Read it. Am I as ugly as people say? Because whenever I look in the mirror, I always think beauty does exist within me. And I am in no position to believe that I am not good enough to be loved because no matter what, I still deserve love. And nothing you say will make me believe that I am a worthless, terrible person. So rest assured, I will remind myself there is beauty inside of me that matters. And I'm not going to lie to myself by saying I hate myself in every single way because at the end of the day, I am a very beautiful person. So don't try to convince me that I am very ugly. Recreate it in your spirit. The spirit of God and the nature of Christ is in your spirit. That's why Galatians chapter 5 beginning in verse 22 says, Within your spirit is actually the character of Jesus. That's why it's not the fruits of the spirit. It's the fruit of the spirit. Because it's only one character of Jesus that is expressed in these seven ways. Y'all got me? So you can't say, I don't have patience. Wait a minute, you got Jesus, don't you? See, 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 come on, come on, come on, come on. Scripture says that it's the character of Jesus. So all that Jesus has is in you. Ooh. Which means that you have to make a choice to walk in what is in you. Hold on now. Which means you got to make your flesh sit down and shut up. And many times because we're so familiar with our flesh, we rather walk in the flesh than walk in the spirit. Then we claim that we're weak, which means that we're lying on God. Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 says this. It says, it says that we walk in fear and trembling. Work out your soul. Well, not your spirit salvation, because your spirit salvation is complete. Somebody said, already worked out. Your spirit salvation, if you and Jesus, is already worked out. So what we are working out is our soul salvation. So that was it. He said, and, it is, and he has given you the, the ability to, to the will. My spirit, your spirit wills to do, but your soul don't. Did y'all see that? Your spirit wants to, but your soul don't want to. Matter of fact, Galatians chapter 5 is that they are opposed to one another. 
They fight one another. So guess what? Right in the middle of your spirit and your soul is your will. Your, uh, your want to. Your ability to choose. I, I got I to ask you, I got to ask you. Which one you been, which want to you been feeding? Because you're gonna, because you're gonna follow whichever want to you've been feeding. Your soul want to want to do this, but your spirit want to want to do that. So whichever you've been feeding is the one to you do. So, so I said, the word waters the seed. The word waters that incorruptible sea that can't be touched by Satan, can't be touched by folks. Listen, folks may talk about you, folks may abuse you, but they can't touch your spirit. When you put a mirror in you, in front of you, I remember when when I was out there, I I would be brushing my teeth. I wouldn't look in my eyes because I didn't like what what I saw. Now sometimes I don't, I don't look in at my eyes because they scary. <laughs> sometimes I see a flame in them and I say, I know that's the Holy Spirit, but I ain't ready for all that. <laughs> then what's going to happen to my eyes? But what's it? Your eyes is a window to your And if your soul is dark, your eyes are going to be dark. But if there's light in you, there's a light that shines up through your eyes. My question is, what you looking at? Because whatever you look at, that's what you're going to manifest. What you're talking about. Because whatever you talk about is what you're going to manifest. I'm about ready to take this home. I know, I know, I know, I know. Y'all don't want to deal with this, but let's deal with it anyway. You know, sometimes you got to deal with what you don't want to deal with. Listen, if the Lord Jesus Christ in Isaiah 53, verse 10 and 11 said that, that the Father saw his, tra- his soul travail. Listen, the last three hours of Jesus on the cross dealt with his soul. The reason why, let me break it back, let me break it back, let me break it back. Listen, there are levels of judgments. Judgment is physical death is a judgment. Adam and Eve was not supposed to die physically, but because of their disobedience, he said, the day that you eat of this tree, you shall surely die. But there are a number of deaths. That's physical death. But the day that they ate, notice physically, they didn't die. They started to enter into physical death. But the day they ate of it, they did die. Their soul, their spirit died. You got me. So look what happened. Physical death, spirit death, soul death. When Jesus comes, he is the second Adam to restore 
and go through all those deaths for you. Because the judgment and the word of God has to hold true. Since you are not going to go through it, somebody had to go through it for you. Therefore, even though he was perfect, he wasn't supposed to die. But he who knew no sin became sin and became obedient to death so that you don't have to go through so our spiritual death. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me tap in now. See, even though... Lord, help me walk this through quickly as I can help them understand. Thank you, Lord. I remember, I remember, because sometimes we get confused. We think that the promise is physical healing. Don't get me wrong. I know God heals physically sometimes. I know that he would. I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it beyond the doctors. But many of us listen to preachers who claim that this is your entitlement. Simply because we know the scripture's good enough. Let me explain. Y'all ready for this? I remember years ago, new in ministry, went to see this man in the hospital. And, and man, he looked good, had, had a heart attack. But, but man, he was up eating, he was jumping around me, him talking, prayed with him, I prayed with faith. God would just continue the healing process. Two, three days later, he died, and I got mad at God. I got mad at God because I know I had faith, I know I prayed with faith. And God started dealing with me, and God said, you take care of your business, I'll take care of mine. Your business is to pray like it depends on your prayer. My business to either heal them or take them home, but that's my business. You stay on your track and do what you're supposed to do and let me do what I'm supposed to do. Y'all get the benefits of me getting whoopings, okay? (laughs) Now, hold on. Now, 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 God is going to heal the whole being, but watch this. The healing of your body is what resurrection is about. Even if he heals you physically down here, you're going to die of something. Unless Jesus come back, something's going to go wrong. The heart going to say, I quit. The lungs going to say, I don't breathe no more. Something, the brain is going to say, you know, your body can outlive your brain. That's called dementia, in case you don't know. You're going to die or something. But watch this. But the Lord says he's going to come back and take the dust that your body's going to come from. He's going to come with the shout of the archangel and the dust is going to come as your spirit comes down. The dust is going to go up and they're going to meet in the air and a fusion take place and this corrupt body got to put on glorification. This human mortal body got to put on immortality because Bible says that we're going to be changed when we see him. We're going to see him as he is, as the glorified God and we're going to be changed to be like him. Hallelujah. 
Your spirit is saved when you accept him. Now what we are working out is the salvation of our souls. Because your soul gets in the way of you being a testimony for Jesus Christ. I hate to tell you this. Folks don't want to meet you. They want to meet Jesus in you. Folks, and that's going to be saved by meeting you. They're going to be saved by meeting Jesus in you. Because if anybody really get hold of the real you, That's why you got to get born again. That's why the Spirit of God got to be released in you. That's why, that's why, that's why your, your Jesus got to be more than just on Sunday morning. Can, 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 I, can, can I get for real with you? Then, then we go home. The, 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 the measure of your Christian maturity and your Christian strength is not measured on top of the mountain. It's measure how we react in the valley law. You don't know how spiritual you are until you're under pressure. Listen, what happens when you're squeezed on? What comes out of you? Don't, don't, don't tell me how much you love Jesus on Sunday when folks are getting on your last nerves on Monday. Do you love Jesus then? <laughs> is when everything is going good. How strong is your faith when, when things not going good? When it seems like all hell done broke loose at your address. When it seems like folks are acting crazy all around you. Tell, tell me how you love Jesus then. Tell me the hallelujah then. Tell me how you like him then. you gonna shout then? How you gonna shout when you get a pink slip? How you gonna shout when your mate said I want a divorce? Tell me are you gonna shout then? Let me know if you're gonna shout when your child's in children's hospital. Tell me when you get a bad doctor's report. Can you say I love you Jesus? when life gets real. And life's going to get real. The unexpected is going to happen. Listen, the more purpose you have, the more testing you're going to go through. You know, it's funny. 
Folks want anointing. They want power. But do you want the cost of it? That's what he has his Yes, The stuff I teach you all is stuff I have learned in the fire. You don't get this from no casual reading. You get this because God took you through some things and they just, then he went back and showed you what he was doing in the process and why he was doing in the process. You, you know, you, know, you got to start talking faith to yourself when it's, when it's not convenient. You got you to talk back to yourself. Uh, you got to talk back to yourself. You know, because when you get impressed on, your soul will stand up and say, well, 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 well where your God at now? You might as well go ahead and do it, everybody. Isn't it funny? Folks come out of the woodwork when you're trying to do right. People you haven't heard in years start calling you. I'm just calling to see how you doing. I was thinking about you. I heard. And if you listen to the wrong people long enough, they will make wrong stuff sound right. What you mean you wait until you married? Girl, that went all that 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 went away with the donkeys. I mean church folks telling you this. They think you gay or something if you ain't up in the church. I mean, old church sisters, aren't you tapping that? I know the language. I know what people say. I'm not that holy. I was out there. I know what's going on. If you don't get no word in you, if you don't get folks around you that got a standard, who's walking in faith, who's walking holy with God, or trying their best, who's trying to cultivate the spirit, you best know how to rest in him. Let, let me explain. Rest means that when you got nobody to lean on, you can rest in it. Chris, Look, Chris, look, Deacon White here. De Deacon White, man, come, come here, man. I need you, man. I, I need you, man. I need you, man. I need you. Otis, come, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. I'm talking about when nobody else can hold you. When nobody else can help you. When nobody else. I mean, you need some, you need some folks that got something that, can, that you can fall back on. Y'all got me now. Y'all got me now. Y'all got me now. Don't let me down now. 
There's gonna be some problems in the house if y'all let me down. <laughs> gotta make sure they gotta make sure they're on the same page. You best tell them you got me now. You're not gonna let me down now. You're gonna tell me the truth now. You're not gonna let me just ask any old way. Listen, don't agree with me because you're trying to keep my friendship. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Don't let me fall. If my thinking wrong, tell me my thinking is wrong. Don't let me fall. Tell the truth even if it hurts my feelings. Catch me, catch me, catch me. Your soul salvation is too important to have some yes people on your side. I don't need no yes people. I need someone that will be my mirror. That will catch me. Listen, you got to have some folks that when you can't hold yourself, they got you. Yes, they will hold you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They will catch you. Yeah. They say we got this yeah. until you get strong to stand for yourself. Yeah. It is someone that will, that will ride with you. Just because they can don't mean they will catch you. Your husband or your wife may not catch you. But God will bring somebody that will stand up, that will walk right, that will talk right, that will speak right, and catch you when you fall in. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? There's a scripture in Corinthians that says the word speaks and I believe and since I believe I speak. Y'all see where I'm coming from? Since God in his word speaks and I know that God believes then I take what he speaks and I believe, then I speak. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me change some things up. Even if I haven't gotten to the place of believing yet, I'm going to speak it till I believe it. But who are you speaking it to? More than I speak it to you, I speak it to myself. I make my spirit talk to my soul. Cause my soul talking crazy, but my spirit talking biblical. So I open up my mouth 
and I speak the word to myself. Hold on now. A funny thing happens. As you speak the word, you are feeding your spirit. Matter of fact, quit speaking what the soul says. Matter of fact, starve your soul. Put it on a diet. Tape up its mouth. Hunger strike until it dies out. Because your blessing comes from your spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am who he says I am. I am a more than a conqueror because he says I am. So I am. I don't care what you say. It matters what he says. And if he says I am, I am. I'm his beloved. I am. Because it says I am. So if he says I am, I am. I'm his chosen. I am. Hold on, hold on. I got one more thing for you. Then we're going home. Somebody in the office said, so we're becoming what he says I am. I said, no. I said, you already are. Let me explain this. In Genesis 1, 27, he says, let us, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, say, let us make man in our own image. So he makes him male and female, which means that Adam had both male and female in him because God is both left and right. God is as much male as he is female. Got me. Because in God, there's no gender. It's just essence. So God is as compassionate as the most compassionate female, not that he's female, but because he's compassionate. But when he placed it in you, he had to name it something. He said, since you female, since he's male, you're the counterpart of male, you female. So don't be mannish, be female. Because there's no lack in you being that side of me because I'm too big to be caught up in one. So I split myself up in two and made a counterpart that when they come together, they're one. Oh, I forgot where I was at. Let's go back to where I was at. So, 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 so in Genesis 1.27 is the formation and creation of their spirit, which is like him. Genesis 2, 7, it says, he not create, but he made. He took what was and molded it together. 
He took the dust and the clay of the earth and he molded. Now watch this. And then within himself that he created, he blew the spirit that is in him that he made before he made the body. Did he? Okay. Y'all got me. Okay, watch this, watch this, watch this. Before conception took place, before the foundation of the world, he knew you. He didn't know you in body, but he knew you in spirit. So at conception, God did another. So I said, so the you that you working through your soul was in your spirit first. Hold on, hold on. Before anything ever happened to you, he already knew your spirit. So the real you is not what happened. It's what God created you to be in him before the foundation of the world. So watch this. So the real you is coming forth. He's teaching you who you really are. Listen, stuff that happened on the outside is what the devil did. But God had already put something on the inside to make you become what he created you to be. So walk out who you are. So you know what you can say? I am who he says I am. Because he made me to be all that I am. I'm shaking off some things. I'm leaving behind some things. Even if I got to leave behind some people, I'm going to walk in what he called me to be. You can either come along or stay behind, but I'm going about my father's business. If I got to go by myself, I am who he says I am. You can either agree with me or disagree, but speak to the head, because my spirit, my spirit, now listening. Who are you? Something ought to be falling off. It's a choice. It's a choice. Speak, Lord. Help me to see who I am in Christ Jesus. Let me see who you made me to be. Today, Lord. Today, Lord. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. I won't listen to his words no more. I'm shaking off some emotions. I am who he says I am. Hallelujah. It's coming up from inside. It's coming up from inside. It's not from the outside. It's from the inside. I am who he says I am. Thank you, Jesus. 